Yo, we got Robbie Burwell on here. What up, my man? What's going on, man? Dude, haven't haven't seen you in a bit. So me and Robbie used to went to uh, we went to high school for a little bit. Didn't really know each other, but then uh, we became part of Team Blackout. <laughs> Those were the good old days. Oh, so what up, goodness. man? Tell us a little bit about yourself, my man. Um, Robbie Burwell. Uh, I've been boxing since I was five years old. Uh, I turned pro in 2012. I had 15 pro fights. Um, boxing and, and fitness has been uh, a major part of my life. And uh, obviously drinking with you when we were in college. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, I live, I live you know, five minutes from downtown with my girlfriend, Heather. And, um, you Just know, doing, you know thing. doing my thing. So you started fighting. How, how young were you? <laughs> I, think, I think you've always fought since I've met you. Yeah, like, so I think my first my very first fight was an exhibition match i was like i had to be like seven years old it was at guilt, Jesus. guilt when uh when guilt was roxy, roxy. yeah they used to have yeah. fight night or i was something, so right? fucking terrified because like you have all these just like drunk bar people in there i'm just this kid like kickboxing this like karate kid it you was were seven seven years old yeah i started training and like sparring and stuff when i was five my dad was my coach so like I'm gonna have a choice. <laughs> I can't wait. Isn't there, there has to be something illegal about a bunch of adults getting drunk, watching seven year olds beat the shit out of each yeah, other? Yeah, I don't think they do that anymore. <laughs> but I mean, that's a '90s, bro. You know, it's like 1996, 1997. So nobody cared. It's like watching a fucking dogs fight now. Bro. Like, you're, just, you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to fight dogs. <laughs> you know, like in the movies where there's <laughs> like it's some like seedy underground thing and there's like cockfights in it. Like that's how it was. There was smoky. Like I had never been in that environment. Obviously I'm seven. So dude, yeah, I was scared. <laughs> I don't think I could walk in. My friend's like, hey, come to this thing. Check it out. We'll get drunk. And then I show up and this seven year old gets announced like, hey, little Billy at a four foot one and 80 pounds for real man i mean i guess it depends how much you had to drink you might like it if you just think no I'm, kill I'm, him no no yeah kill him billy Get the fuck out of that kid he looks like a bully oh uh, hell yeah so then where did what wait well how did you even get into it at seven years old your dad he's my dad yeah he like you know grew up like kickboxing and everything and, and that stuff was like real rough back in the day i remember i remember seeing him one of my earliest memories of like a um a fight was he fought it like you remember American Gladiator that show? Yeah, there was an arena. Ah, damn, and like I want to say Titusville, but I don't think it was Titusville. Anyway, it was there was an arena somewhere. I was mad young, and I remember seeing him fight there. Like had a gnarly kickboxing. It was like blood sport, man. Like at at this place, and I was like crying and shit. I was I had to have been like four or five, like super young. He got his ribs broke. That's what it was. <laughs> With a kick. How old were you? Dude, I had to be like four or five. Like I was super oh young. So yeah, he always did that. And then I just grew up training, obviously. And uh, then, you know, as soon as I was old enough to fight, he's like, put him in there. Like <laughs> This is how fighters were made, though. Yeah, like, you hear like yeah. these top fighters and everyone's like, oh, you know, they just worked hard since they were 15. It's like, eh, nah, they were man, probably like, like literally bred. They're yeah. like, fighters are actually bred from like a young age. hundred percent. It, it's fucking nuts if you really think about it. And we were downstairs talking before we even started this thing. Uh, and we'll get into it in depth, but it's crazy the life of a fighter because a lot of people, you know, see what they see on the TV. And yeah, yeah. obviously that's all awesome and fun, but behind the scenes in fighting is more, I think, well, it is way more intense than like any other sport in their off season because they have schedules that they go by. So they know when things are going to be happening. 
And then on top of it, you have like your, you know, hours of practice, but fighting is like a 24 seven lifestyle from every like metric of, I don't know, from what you eat, what you drink, what time you do everything mm -hmm. from how you do everything to movements of body and stress. It's nuts. Yeah, dude. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, it's also too, like all the stuff that you do do, but then all the stuff you can't do, you know what I mean? Like yeah, when we were young, you used to get away with it. You know, I could still go out drinking with you guys and have a fight in two weeks, but not, you know, not when you get to a certain level or get to a certain age, you're like, Oh, Yo, you can't do that stuff anymore. You know what I mean? You got to eat right the whole time. You can't go to Timmy's birthday. You know what I mean? You can't go to the, the homies birthday dinner or, or any trips. Like it, it gets, it can get exhausting, honestly, but then you take a break for a little while, you do your thing and then come back to it. It's exhausting just to say no to someone asking if you want pizza in the same week you already had pizza that week. Like that in our world, that's hard. <laughs> and like, imagine, I mean, I asked Robbie to have a beer before we even did this. He's like, I can't even have one beer, man. I have a fight coming up. I was like, fuck, I know how that is. Yeah. Can't, no, don't, no beer. Dude. And one thing about that too, I swear to God, if I don't have a fight coming up, nothing really going on, nothing happens. Nothing's going on with like my friends or any like cool stuff. The minute I get a fight, all this shit pops off. Like, you know, people I haven't heard from in a while, like coming to town coming or like, you know, my, hits. my best friend's birthday party pops up or, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it just, it just always happens like that ever since I, ever since I was a kid. Jeez. So then let's, we go through high school and stuff, right? Obviously you're still into this, the fighting and everything. When did you kind of take it to a different level of saying, Hey, this isn't just some really big hobby of mine. This is kind of maybe going to be my young adult life. Well, I would say probably like 15, 16. Cause I, like I could play pop Warner and soccer and all, and all those things. I used to do all the sports. Um, but then you get to like a certain level, like uh, USA boxing was an amateur circuit. And once you turned open, which I think was like 15 or 16, um, you know, you're fighting, you're fighting people from like 16 to 31. And that's when you get qualified for the Olympics and do all this stuff. You have these national tournaments, um, I went out and I won the national pal out in Oxnard, California. Then you kind of realize like, all right, man, I could, I could do this. I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. I had, uh, almost a hundred amateur fights, uh, the Eastern in between uh, what age? Oh, range? from, from eight to 18. Jeez. Yeah. So, I mean, we stayed pretty busy, uh, and just trained, you know, year round. And then you stop doing those other sports and you start taking it seriously, uh, like real serious. I mean, it helped taking it serious when your dad is a coach and your brother fights and your, <laughs> all, your yeah, your, your sex is a life yeah, so, Um, but they had the Olympic Eastern trials, like the pre-qualifiers. And that was out in Cocoa beach, like uh, the big center out there in Cocoa, not even Cocoa beach, Cocoa. And, uh, it was like a five day tournament. I was runner up. I fought four days. I was runner up in that tournament. Um, how many so, times do you fight in a four day tournament? I mean, if it's that one, I think it was five days. I fought four nights. Is it? It's box. It was it's, just boxing. It's boxing, right? but yeah, you got to make weight in the morning because amateur. You make weight in the morning and then you fight at night and then you go home. Do you have to make weight again for the second and then day? Make weight again, dude. It is exhausting. So, not making excuses, but I the kid that beat me, he was. I think I was sixteen and a half. I barely made the cutoff for the the, the qualifier for age, um, and he was like twenty three. And literally, like, he wasn't better than me, but I had fought so many days in a, in a row. Uh, I was just, I was done. And he ended up, he ended up beating me by a couple points because they, they do the point system. But if yeah, somehow was, this kid is ever out there listening, Robbie still <laughs> thinks of you. <laughs> I want the rematch. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I was, like I said, that was, 
really kind of like the eye-opening moment where you're like, okay, man, like I could do this. I want to turn pro and, and do those things. And uh, unlucky for me, I tore my ACL. Um, remember when we used to play football all the time? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yard football at Westgate and Camelot. Uh, I tore my ACL out there. Took a minute to get it fixed. I took a little break, but I came back and turned pro in 2012. So 2012. So you were around 20... 2021. 2021. 21 yeah what does it take to like what what does it take to become a pro officially so it helps if you have an amateur background i mean really you know anybody can kind of get their pro license and turn pro now are you going to get a fight i don't know but yeah, you that's can, like, like the one confuse or difference between like other sports like in any other sport you, you obviously have to become good enough to get either drafted or yeah, signed exactly. by a professional team yeah it's pretty cut and dry mm-hmm. you're a professional but mm-hmm. in fighting, UFC, and all that, there's like a different little mark. It's yeah, it's it's definitely different. Like you can really just be a guy that like trained your whole life, and you know what you know. Like, no, I want to take this to the next level. I'm going to turn pro. So you go get your pro license, and then you gotta obviously kind of like be in a network to where you can get on a fight or or pay for a slot to get on a card or whatever, and and uh, get matched up with an opponent. So it's you know a lot of like who you know and that type of thing, but. um you know, you could be the next guy off the street. I mean, you hear stories of that, like guys off the street yeah. that come and just turn pro more in the UFC than boxing, but you can just do it. Uh, that doesn't happen regularly because yeah. you have to build up. But yeah, I mean, I had such an extensive amateur background and then like all my people turn pro and then you just know the coaches and the promoters and stuff like that. So you get on a card when I was finally ready and then you just kind of go from there. And I, I hit the ground running. I started off six and oh, you know, uh, as a professional and then, you know, went from there. Who does most of the, I guess, networking, even though there, I don't even think there's really internet back then. So was it like your dad just knowing people? Was it you? A lot of that. Talk? Yeah. Especially before the internet, like now, yeah. now, like now um, one video goes on Twitter and then it's like, all right, I have people message me is. on Facebook all the time. Like, Hey, you want to fight this guy? Like, oh, how much? <laughs> like, ah, it's not enough. Uh, but yeah, it's, 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 it makes it a lot easier today, but you, you're thinking about, um, you know, 10, 12, 13 years ago, it was really just who, you know, you know what I mean? And it's just kind of like, a, a network of people. Everybody know, everybody knows everybody in the boxing world, especially in Florida. And then, you know, you've been around the country with these national tournaments or you go on one card and you like, you, you perform well, or you something. perform well. And then you kind of like, okay, yeah, Hey, I know that kid. Like maybe we can get him to fight this kid. It's just, you know, you got to kind of just do your homework and get on the telephone back in the day. Yeah. That's yeah, a way different. Is that kind of when boxing and UFC more so really took off to the next level when like social media and internet kind of came more around? Um, I think so, especially like UFC, you know what I mean? Uh, Because once that really, I remember, dude, I remember when that started, like, like the big, the first big guys and stuff like Chuck Liddell and and, uh, Tito Ortiz and all those guys, like, I remember them, um, and it wasn't so big yet, but then when... What was you that know, big backyard guy that used to just beat the shit out of him? <laughs> remember was from, when we were in, like, high school and yes. the, when the internet first came out? He was, like, the first... Yeah, and I think he finally went to the, to the UFC. Uh, Kimbo Slice. Kimbo yeah. Slice. <laughs> and then just got wrapped about and everything. Like he yeah. became a big Miami guy, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it was crazy. And I think people, you know, you have all these kids that want to do that now. And I think a lot of that has to do with social media and all that stuff. Look so. at Jake Paul. Yeah, yeah. I heard he's actually pretty good, though. 
He's not bad. I mean, he's not bad. He's he's probably a little better than uh, people give him credit for. A lot of people hate because it's like he didn't have to do. He didn't go through the same. Yeah, journey, but, but you know, if you have the clout and you have the followers and you have that type of status, you can kind of do whatever you want. I was actually listening to Joe Rogan the other day, and he was actually like analyzing Jake Paul, and he's like, "Do people give him shit because of uh, how he came about?" But like that guy knows his stuff. He's like, if you watch him technically. He's pretty fucking good. Yeah, yeah. No, he's not. He's he's really not bad. He's not just I want a street fighter going out there, going wild. I was really excited to uh, to see him fight this Raheem guy because Raheem's an actual a boxer, you know. Because even Tyrone Woodley, he's not a boxer, bro. Like you just yeah. you're putting that guy out of his element. So like it's advantage Jake Paul, uh, the basketball player, and all those Nate people. Robinson. Like, yeah, like that was all fake. Um, but I mean, not fake. It was real, but like, you're not, you know what I mean? Like, what do you want? Like, if I go and fight a basketball player, I don't care like how big and like professional athlete though. Yeah. But that's, see, that's the, that's the shit they tell you to make it seem like it's real, but it's really not. I just want you to, it doesn't have to be a a, a good fighter. Like just fight an actual fighter. Uh, the other one was going to fight, um, the Tommy Fury, uh, Tyson's and these keep falling through, which is like weird. But like, I just want to see how they perform against another boxer because, that I feel like is the perfect measure of are you good or not. And from he, and from what they were saying from that fight with uh, Jake Paul, I guess the one that just got canceled or whatever, yeah. I guess it was supposed to be at Madison Square, and supposedly the ticket sales weren't close to what they needed oh, really? it to. And so they blamed it on the guy being way overweight. That uh, makes sense. Yeah, that makes the, sense. Uh, I forgot the numbers, but I guess you have to have, fuck, like – X amount to even be able to turn on the lights at Madison Square Garden yeah. uh, before even profiting. And yeah, they're that, just like, we're not, <laughs> we're not going to get there at all. So they, yeah. they just... That, yeah. makes, that makes a lot of sense because I thought... I didn't look into it, but I thought that was a little, like, strange. Yeah, they're just like, he's 16 oh, pounds too heavy. Not. Let's cancel. Oh, like, do you not know you had a fight? And you're yeah. getting paid, too. I know, like, yeah, that's one thing, too. Pay-per-view. Yeah, and Jake, Jake Paul takes care of the, even the people on the undercard and stuff like that. So you're getting paid, like, as a professional... In any sense, lose but as an athlete, fuck. lose a weight. Like that, it makes sense that you said that. I didn't know that, but that makes a lot more sense. It's just like, oh, I couldn't make weight, cancel yeah. the fight. And uh, so, even going back, so you went professionally. What weight class did you um, fight at? My first couple were 154. And you were already at 5'9 then? Or were you still Yeah, I, mean, I was pretty topped out. I might have like squeezed out like a half an inch since I was like 20. But uh, yeah, so 154. Um, and then I had, a, I don't know, I had a couple fights at 54, some catch weights like 55, 56. And then I went to 160. Um, I won the NBA title at 160, uh, at the UCF arena. What's Actually, the, what's that? It's a national what? boxing association. It's, it's a, it's a minor title, but it's not basketball. It's a title. No, yeah, <laughs> not, not basketball. Um, but I, I fought there at, uh, in 2019 at the UCF arena. So that was like, that was one of the like the biggest deals that I, I was going to say hometown. Yeah. So I, that was, that was super, super cool. Um, I fought out in Vegas. I wanted the casinos out there. That was, that was pretty dope. Um, uh, but after that, I just could not make one anymore. I hit, I hit that 30. Everybody told me, man, like, yo, when you turn 30, shit's going to change. And so, I did. Oh, so you're pretty much one fifty, mid one fifties to one sixty. Your whole mm-hmm. twenty year. Yeah, and then thirty. I dude, I just like couldn't make one sixty anymore. Like it, I'm talking like, even when I won the title, um, I thought I was gonna die making one sixty. And after I got out of the sauna, like before the weigh-ins, I was like shaky, dude. I felt like I was gonna throw up. I went through two IV bags after I weighed in. Two IV bags in like fifteen minutes. Jeez. Like I was like, like on the verge of death. So. 
Um, yeah, I think I had one more fight after that at 160, uh, which I actually lost because I just felt like, like yeah. shit, man. I just couldn't do it anymore, and that's when it hit me. I was like, bro, I just got to go up. But it's just hard because I'm, sh- I'm short. So <laughs> you fight at you fight at 68, anything 68 to like 78. You're getting guys are 6'3", 6'4", man, and it's just super tough, but it is what it is. I, I think the – and we were talking about this a bunch downstairs – is the biggest thing with fighting, obviously – well, two big parts. It's almost separated into, like, two different aspects slash sports where you have, obviously, the fighting part of it, but then you have the weight part of it. Yeah. And that weight thing is a lot more than other people that have never done it. You know, I, I did wrestling in high school, so I'll – I, I know enough to know how fucking tough it is and yeah. uh, how much every little aspect of it matters. And I think a lot of people, when they watch UFC or whatever, and they're like, oh, just lose the 10 pounds. Like, this is what you do for a living. You don't understand that these guys are already in such an incredible shape, even when they're out yeah. of shape. In their minds, they're still <laughs> way in shape compared to anyone else. But to say, hey, you're physically fit, you're a perfect size human being, but when you want to go fight, you have to go 15 pounds less. And no. now you're under what your natural fit is. And that's a, that's tough. To no, ex- exactly. Like, well, like you just said too, there's, there's being in shape and there's being in fight shape, but then like the weight, the whole weight game is like, it's hard to perform at an optimal level. If you're not like at the right way. Yeah, properly. bro. It's just, it's just so tough. And then some people are not like, there's, there's fighters that are better fighters, but just can't make the weight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like other fighters can. There's some people that are lesser, but they're like, yo, I'm a giant. You know what I mean? And I can make this weight no problem and then put it back on and still perform at 95% of what I'm capable of. Whereas like me, like the, the last fight I had at 160, dude, like I took it and I went, bro, I, it was the worst that I felt in a boxing ring, amateur wise, pro wise ever. And we're talking 120 fights or so. I've never felt so just like, I got nothing. You what, know what I mean? What was what was the weight for that one? It was one sixty. It was my last one at one sixty, and I just like, oh my god! How, how far in advance did you get the fight notice? I I had the fight notice. I mean, this was at the end of COVID, so like I knew it was coming probably like two and a half, three months, and it took me that. What were you at when you got the call? How much? I mean, did I was you walking weigh? around like one seventy. 179 but i was in shape already yeah. like you look back at pictures i'm like man i was already in shape like i should have known but it was just a transition it's like a learning experience because like i said that age hit that was the year that i turned 30 uh, you know what i mean and just you gotta adjust you know how to lose the weight already in that sense exactly and it's not a 19 pounds of like fat you know it's no. not like someone just like hey you know i'm overweight i just want to lose this 19 pounds of you know flab and belly rolls it's i gotta figure out how to lose like whatever little piece of meat I can lose in all parts of my body to get 19 pounds less. Yeah, yeah, it was it's, tough. It's insane. It was tough. So you, you like just deplete yourself like totally and then you have 24 hours to put it back on and it's, it's just impossible to get to where you need to get to perform at the level you're supposed to perform at. So it was uh Yeah, because weigh-in weigh is usually what, a day before for you guys? It's a day before, yeah. So you got to get down these 19 pounds in two, two months and then somehow within 24 hours after that mark, you have to put in back enough nutrition. I don't even want to say weight because you can't just say weight because yeah. like you can go eat a bunch of sunnies or four, four rivers and just gain it all back. But you have to be ready for a fight. Well, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It's like a lot of it's water weight, obviously, too. And um, you weigh in at 160. I think I like probably stepped in the ring at like 180, 181. But like 
to do that to your body, you know, some people can, but like, I got to the point where like, I just couldn't do it. You know what I mean? And then it's like, dude, I felt like I had bricks in my feet and I was in such good shape too, man. Like it, it, it was frustrating, but you, you, you live and you learn. And, and you it's can't, like, you can't even fight at that weight because now the height comes in where you're like, I can't fight at a, you know, 170, 180. I can. It's just at tough. Five, nine, I'll probably it's, get my ass beat. It's tough. It's tough. I've had it happen before. Like, yeah, I'll take this one at 70, 75. And then you go and like, oh, this guy so is much fucking taller, huge. Longer reach. Um, I've taken two like that. One, I did really well. The guy was like 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, and like, I was able to, you know, use my experience of my legs and like, um, do my thing. But, the second one, I got blown out. <laughs> this guy was like Way not just tall, but he was like solid. He was actually a little shorter. He's probably like six one and a half or whatever, you know, almost a head taller than me, but still. Uh, but he was fucking solid. Yeah, he he when you have he a, got when me. you have a matchup looking like that where he he's not like a skinny bean, but somehow he fits into six one, still makes weight. And then when you see you and him in a in the ring, I'm sure everyone out there in their mind right away said. <laughs> How the fuck are they in the same what weight class? Like, yeah. what the hell? No, it's it's crazy because during the weigh-in, I mean, this guy's probably cut down from 190 plus. You know what I mean? And then, you know, I've cut down from 184, whatever, 185. And uh, so I put a little bit back on. Um, but he's, like, dried out when we're weighing in. So you do, like, the standoff when you're weigh- after you weighed in and everything. And uh, he's like, oh, he's not that much bigger. And then you step in the ring. Once he's put on that 15, 16 pounds back on, I'm like, holy fuck. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not fighting right at the weigh-in. You got to fight when yeah. he gets a little. And I've only put in, back. yeah, I've only put in like five. Put, yeah, so it's <laughs> you know it's a tough game, but you, you love it. You you hate it and you love it. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things. I, I've had I've had it to where I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm not doing this anymore, especially with the weight. Like, fuck this, this is not worth it. And then it goes four or five months. You're like, they call you, kind of miss hey, it. Man. I was like, ah, right, fuck it, let's go again. What's <laughs> that money again? All right, yeah. I'll take it. Oh, the money helps too. The money helps. The bigger weights and and everything like that, they pay more too. So, you know, and I don't have to cut as much. But, um, what well, what was? Because now you you obviously started your thing, your training inside of the garage at first, and then uh, you were kind of telling me how you started more of like the nutrition with the fighting. Kind of give that background first before we hop into it. Yeah, so I, I had to learn after I won the title, and it was so rough for me to make 160. I like took a nutrition course and a weight, like uh, actually like a fighter's like seminar of how to lose the weight and put it back on. Um, I experimented with a couple of diet plans myself. Course or like a nutritional four well, fighters. Well, so or? so the the nutritional course was just a, a, nu- a fitness nutrition uh, type course. Um, and then the seminar was like a four hour seminar that was based, that was for fighters. Um, my guy, Mike Dolce, who's uh, a nutrition trainer for a lot of UFC guys. That's who I hopped on with him. Super, super like informational and insightful. Like, uh, took my notes, tried out some stuff myself, did some trial and error type things. Like, okay, cool. And that's, that's when I learned, especially as you got older, like, yo, know, this is such a huge part of it. Like not only the weight, but like, cause I knew that, but like do nutrition, uh, not only making the weight, but like being able to uh, perform at a certain weight. Like, so, you know, they, they, you always read, you always read like, Oh, like weight loss and fitness stuff. It's 80% of nutrition, 20% working out eh, my ass. But you know, <laughs> once I like tried that myself and like really like dialed in, um, I mean, shit, that was like the best I looked and the best I felt. Um, yeah, so you then can, you can fight all you you can be as good of a fighter as you want but if you have to cut weight 
and you do it poorly, and then you're going into a ring at exactly. 30% energy in yourself, well, all that fighting really doesn't mean shit because now you're only at 30% of you, yep. which taking that kind of hit, someone that's worse at fighting could whoop your ass. Exactly, 100%. So you, I started, uh, during COVID, I started training people. I've, I've always worked at gyms and done the classes and, 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 you know, small PTs, but I actually like, you know, none of the gyms were open. So a lot of people, I, I reformatted my garage into, we called it the gulag, uh, uh a boxing gym. I hung up four the or five bags gulag. in there. Oh yeah. <laughs> Put in work in there, man. Um, and it, we just stayed in shape all summer. I got people in shape, like, um, did my thing. Uh, but the biggest thing with them too is something that I implemented after I took those courses and learned it myself was like, okay, you guys can put in as much work as you want, but if you're not eating right and doing the things you're supposed to do outside the gym, none of this is going to matter. You know what I mean? It's not the complete. You got to do it all. Yeah. Like if you really want to get to where you want to get to, you have to, to do everything. So that's one of my biggest things now, as I've kind of like, you know, started my own small business and, and, um, elevated it to a certain extent you know i want to see we'll put in the work for sure but i want to see you i want to see my clients get to where they want to get to and, and reach their goals so there's a whole nother facet of training that is nutrition and doing the things you're supposed to do outside the gym so it's like instead of it's more more or less not just little goals that they're trying to tr- achieve it's more of like a personal transformation that they're yes. wanting to achieve because it's not hey come work out get some cardio and some weights in and then you did your hour or two like go have the rest of your day it's hey this is just part of your whole transformation that i see you here but outside of this it's still continuing on you have to eat do all of you know that proper stuff outside of it right yeah no for sure and you know you have your people that might even be they do the crossfit they're in shape and they just want to come learn how to throw some hands and that's fine but when i have somebody come up to me and say hey I need to lose. I'm, I'm, I have, I have one of my guys, one of my, uh, recent clients. He's been with me for six weeks. He comes, he's a, you can say his name. Mike, uh, Mike Sierra. Shout out Mike. Uh, <laughs> no, no free shout out. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, he comes, he's like a, a 256 pounds. Like he's like, dude, I got, I'm just like, I'm not feeling good. I got, I want to get under 200. So, okay. You said 266? It, it was 256. He's like, I want to get much. under, I want to get under 200. You know, he's my height, maybe a little shorter. He, he actually carries it pretty fucking well but regardless like he's not feeling well he's unhealthy like i'm like all right so what is your activity level like zero zero to ten like like you're in shape level. he's like bro zero like we had to start off like with walks and stuff like that and he was one of the it's only been six six and a half weeks he's down 22 pounds you know what i mean he's starting to see some cuts in his arms and everything he loves it he feels 100 percent better but the biggest thing with him like i told him i said man you're not coming in here just to get some work. You're coming in here for literally a lifestyle change. Yep. We got to change all these habits. You know, I got to give them homework. I got to, I, I wrote them out the, the, the diet plan. Um, you know, for the first couple of days, you'll send me everything you're eating. I want pictures. You know what I mean? All of that stuff until he gets into a habit and you're really literally like, he, he'll tell me, he's like, dude, I have so much more energy now. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm doing my runs. I do my abs. I come into you a couple of times a week. Like, and we're just killing it. And it's, so cool to see and, and just a short time i mean six weeks but he's he knew what he wanted and he listened to what i said you know what i mean and put in not only the work when we're together but the work outside which is like i said you know a big portion of it there's a big word that you said that i love because i one of my favorite books is the power of habit and discipline for any business or any athlete or really anything you have your discipline but 
discipline is the main thing I believe to get everything going and going past that. I fucking hate this pain yeah. and everything. But then if you create a habit, that discipline is really not really there. Cause it's now it's turned into a habit, which is even stronger. Cause you don't have to try to mentally tell yourself, Oh, I have to get through this day. Cause now a habit yeah. becomes conscious. Then you're just all of a sudden like this, you know, your boy, like he probably woke up and said, Hey, you know, I have to eat this properly today and I have to make sure after work, I have to get my sit-ups in. And he's probably not even actually thinking anymore because it created a habit. And then now he's into this lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the biggest thing people need to make sure once you can create a habit. And if you don't know what a habit is in definition or how to create it, power of habit, I will give a free shout out to that book. Uh, I think it's pretty awesome because there's different things that you need to actually do to create a habit. It doesn't just happen one time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, I've read the same book and, you know, they say a lot of things with the habit is, is like, okay, well, I've been doing this habit for people put time on the habit, but it's not so much time. It's how often you did it during that period of time. And how you you never go off of it and the reward. Exactly. A lot of trend almost. Yeah. A lot, a lot of mental, a, a lot of mental things with, with that stuff. And, and I love it. You know what I mean? Even for me, uh, but yeah, like with the diet, for instance, he doesn't have to think about it. He's not going to look at the, the sheet or anything anymore. He gets up, he knows what he has to do. Uh, he gets up, he does his, his run in the morning fasted and it comes back and he has his oats and his, his whatever, you know what I mean? And it's just automatic. And, uh, and then from there you can build on it and then compound those habits and get to where you want to get to. So, you know, they always say too, like try to try to get 1% better every day. You know what I mean? And then you go on. Keep going, uh, six yeah. months later what's the percentage there you know what i mean yeah. it's it's night and day so um uh, real proud of that kid and, and all my clients really you know they 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 put in a lot of work and it's it's exciting for me to to see that what what got you from because you're still fighting and we'll get to that in a second he's got a fight coming up uh but how'd you turn just personal fighting into training others so uh, i mean that goes way back even when i was 12, 13 years old. So my dad had his little boxing gym uh, and we had like a younger group of kids that would come. We had, you know, at times 25, 30 people that'd be in the gym and you have really one coach, maybe one and a half coaches. So us, like the kind of the vets, you know, me and my brother, uh, my boy, Alan, you probably remember Alan, we would have to get a couple of kids and start, you know, training them just to kind of spread it around. So we do our training and then help train them. So I don't know. I always enjoyed it. You had, you know, this little eight or nine year old you're training and like, I just enjoy see seeing people progress and learning stuff. You know what I mean? Especially when it's boxing, something that I love and I could teach them that like, it's a cool thing. Um, as time went on, obviously, uh, once I turned pro and stuff like that, I got a job at a boxing gym. One of my boys, Anthony, he, he ran this uh, place called pound for pound. I said, Hey man, you want to come in and you know, teach some classes, maybe do some personal training, you know, you make a couple bucks. So I was like, yeah, man, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a try. Did that. Loved it. I was like, yo, this is great. Um, and just kind of went from there. Uh, I always trained people, um, helped them work out, taught them some things. And then, like I said, during COVID, when all the gym shut down. I was like, I still got to train. So we went there and a couple of my boys came, started training with them. And I was like, man, the people would hit me up. I always post on Instagram, like, oh, like, yo, can I come? But I was like, yo, okay, yeah, come through. And then kind of turned it into like a personal training thing. We did classes there. That took off. I was like, yo, I really like this. I think I can make. Were you charging I, anyone though? Yeah, yeah. I was not a, not a lot. Like my boys, I wouldn't charge. 
and then we were just like i said just posting it but like it was good stuff like you can tell when like people are doing the mitts or whatever for instance you can tell if they know what they're doing or they don't you know what i mean and people saw it um i got a little lucky too because even though it was a garage and everything it wasn't as done up as it is now you know back then it was just, I, I had to like slowly like one yeah. ba- it was like one bag and like some weights and it, you know now it's now it looks pretty nice but uh there was nothing there was nowhere else to go all the yeah. gyms were done so like i kind of looked out in that sense like yo man can i just come work out I was like yeah like dude, i'll do like 20 kind of how it probably do you think it even would have started Without the COVID thing? Yeah. No. No, because I would have just, you been know. Working been working out by yourself. Yeah, I worked at a UFC gym over in Winter Springs, too, and did a couple classes, too. But, like, I never really went above and beyond that, especially with the personal training, because I was still super active in boxing and kind of worried about that. But this kind of freed up my time. Um and brought awareness to others. Yes. Because they're more, just sitting at home, and then they're watching you fucking do workouts. Exactly. There. And they're like, damn, more my than, fat ass is more on than the couch. Anything. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's really me. what helped me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, when, and then people started coming through, and then you started charging, started charging for the classes. And then, though, you know, the, the gyms opened up and everything, but people loved it, so they, they stayed. They were like, yo, no, we're, we're Gulag. You know what I mean? I had, like, a, a good, group, uh, good group of guys, a couple girls, you know what I'm saying? And then until that, that went on, for probably six, seven months, eight months, like hardcore. Um, we were there like two, three times a week, just getting it in. And then I moved over here to uh, this Orange Avenue gym before it got bought out in Ivanhoe and started really like me, and my uh, me and my friend partnered up, and we kind of did our thing there. Yeah, go go share with that because I know you told me a little bit where you guys were. You, I think, were kind of looking to maybe make that next jump from the garage to something bigger yeah so i mean that you know it's still a garage so you can only fit so many people there um and and regardless like if we really wanted to grow we needed our own space so we rented out a space at orange avenue gym uh right in lake ivanhoe and uh partnered up with my boy and he was doing like the strength and conditioning like classes and i was doing the boxing and um he uh we would do personal training in between there and it, it was dope because we basically had the whole gym to ourselves during the evening super super cool spot super great location um started to grow we were there for how'd you guys even team up so i i knew him back from way back he, he's my buddy Trent, but i knew him way back in the day from pound for pound so he was there he was one of the other instructors He's just a fitness guru, you know what I mean? He's he's done his courses, had a little bit of like Muay Thai background and stuff like that. And we were friends from there, just working together. And then we just both kind of he's always had it in his head he's wanted to open up his gym too. And I never, you know, it was like I like to train people, but I didn't know if I wanted to go that route. And I was still super, super focused on boxing. Yeah, like the more hands on side of it already. And yeah. he had like the business mind going with for, it. For sure. So but then when COVID happened and I started doing my thing and like He's like, yo, man, you want to try to make this work? I said, let's do it. So we, we wrote down a business plan. We called it the Boxing Lab. Um, we went over there to uh, Orange Avenue Gym in Lake Ivanhoe. We were doing our thing. It was going pretty well. Um, and then it got bought out by another company, Orlando Boxing Orlando Boxing Club, which they're great people too, but they just they had their own Vision, thing. Yeah. So they're like, hey, like you can kind of like work for us in a different capacity, or you get the fuck out. <laughs> and, uh, so you know, me, me, I was like, no, nah, we gotta let's go. I don't want to, I don't want to take a step backwards, really. So we went out to Self Made, which is a great facility out in Castleberry. Um, 
but it's out in Castleberry. You yeah. know what I mean? And like my realm, you know, we grew up over there in Avalon, Tipper Creek, you know, people downtown. That's, bro, like that's like 35 minutes away. Yeah. And it's very hard. Not as accessible. Yeah, it was very hard. A little different vibe too. Um, yeah. A little different vibe, like the the gym we were used to, the garage and the gym we were used to. Like I have a certain style that I like to like teach my classes and do my stuff in. I like kind of like the grungy. T- you know, I grew up in a boxing gym, so like I like that hot kind of like we're getting work in. I don't like the that, like, LA fitness type. Vibe of yeah, like, man, it, it's just here work only. Ex- exactly. And some people like that. Some people don't like to blare my music, my my ACDC and my you know my <laughs> old school shit. And uh, it was just it was a different vibe not my favorite and it was just too far um when you when you when you do things like that you know this from reading the habit books um fitness is hard for people especially first starting out right so if you put you have to put the least amount of obstacles in between yourself and your new habit so when you work a nine to five job and then have to drive 35 minutes maybe 40 through traffic to get your ass kicked in an hour class and drive back. You're to deal with a lot more yeah, obstacles. Pe- yeah, exactly. People people aren't going to keep up with that. It's just too hard. So I gave that six months, and it just wasn't really working. Um, so You're seeing I, people drop off? Seeing people drop off. We had our core group, and they were, they were always come. Um, you could even probably at least see them mentally be like, dude, this Yeah, is, this it, dude, sucks. even me, I'm not going to lie. I uh, And you have to be – that's the thing in life in general, but especially with businesses – and starting your own thing, you have to be uh, self-aware and aware yeah. of what's going on, aware of how you're feeling, your people are feeling. Um, and I just, I started kind of dreading going. And it wasn't fun to me anymore, man. Like, back at Ivanhoe, I loved it. I, my girlfriend would yell at me because I'd be there, you know, longer than <laughs> I needed time. to be. But, dude, I like, I'd stay after and work and, like, get there early. And, like, I just loved it. Um, I started literally losing uh, the pizzazz, you know, the drive to, to even do it. And, uh, I probably actually stayed there a month or two longer than I should have, but you know, I didn't want to quit. I didn't want to go backwards. I felt like I was maybe like, you didn't want to quit too early. So eventually though, I had a talk with myself. I was like, I gotta, I gotta get out. Took a little break, circled back full circle back to the garage. What? I actually want to stop you right there real quick. Cause I have a good question that I haven't really started asking anyone. What, what do you normally do when to have that little talk with yourself? Like, what atmosphere, what moment? Because I feel like we all have our own little times of like finding our center again yeah. and figuring out which way to pivot. Man, I don't know. You just got to like, you listen, you got to listen to what's on your heart. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you have that feeling. I don't want to call it dread. That might be like a little bit too strong of a word, but like I, um, I guess dread. I mean, I did not want to go. I didn't want to drive through the traffic myself to get to this fucking place that like it wasn't the same vibe and then you sometimes you'd have like three people in the class and like bro this is not it you know what i mean but you have this other side that's like don't quit don't be a quitter you know it's kind of like the fighter side in you and you're just there's like an inner turmoil going on sometimes you have to stick it out you know what i mean and and push through the hard points oh it'll get better it'll get better regrets the worst thing exactly but then at least play it out till it's like your mind and your heart going back and forth with each other and and i don't know man i mean it was don't get me wrong it wasn't one time to there wasn't one night that i'm like that's it no this was like after this was several weeks maybe months that i'm like i get home you know what i mean and just be sitting there like cranky, like trying to questions, talking to yourself in circles. You have like 80 questions you're asking yourself every time you get home. You're like, fuck. Yeah. Finally, finally, honestly, uh, I'll I'll give you this. And sometimes talking to people helps. Sometimes it, it, 
it puts more on your decision than it should be like, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, oh, I'm kind of like back and forth between this and you talk to another person, they give you a completely different perspective and it's like, oh shit, this is all a bunch of, but I actually talked to my brother and he was like, man, he's like, you know, I've talked to you a couple of times. You've been feeling this way. He's like, don't think of it as you're quitting. You're just pivoting. You're taking a step back to go a couple of steps forward. You know what I mean? This is the way to go. You'll keep the people that you can and then grow from there and something else will come up. I was like, okay. And that kind of, that, I remember I was sitting on my porch talking to him one morning. I had my coffee. And that was probably the the first time that I was like, all right, that's it. I'm going to put in, this is going to be my last month. I'm going to go back. And, um, you know, he was right. He was right. I kind of, when I went back to the garage, you go back there and it was all kind of like, I had to like refix it up and do my thing. And it was kind of like, it felt a little shitty at first. And then once I started, getting the guys out there again and fixing it up. I was like, I kind of, I was refreshing. You know what I mean? I kind of regained that. Like, okay. Like this is what I, this is what I liked, you know? In. Yeah, man. And then sure enough, uh, you know, a month or two later, start posting my stuff, doing these things. And you have these other gyms calling me, Hey, like, you know, I got this space to rent if you want. There's one out in, um, winter park that hit me up. And then the same guys, cause I've been over there training every once in a while too, myself. Um, they're like, hey, if you want to come back, we can work something out. We can rent a space. So I was like, damn, that's what I wanted to do in the first place. But <laughs> well, I was like, guys then, I was bro. like, let me. I told him, I said, let me finish this month, this fight, and then we'll, we'll talk, um, and then maybe grow into, you know, grow again. But yeah, just, that's just business, man, and life in general. You, sometimes you have to take a, a step backwards to take two or three steps forward. You got to reset and and get your mind right because mine wasn't out. My mind wasn't right out there, and then you start losing that. Like that was a that was probably the the biggest thing, like losing that, like passion for it. Um, you know, it was, it was a little, it was super discouraging. It's like, damn dude, sometimes like, I don't even want to fucking be here. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So it, it was good. I, I like, I like where I'm at now. And I liked, I liked that. I, I was able to regain that and kind of, uh, you know, do my thing in that regard. And it doesn't always have to be about taking steps back. Cause unless you're really like closing, closing something, I think it's all of a mindset, right? You could just say, Hey, I'm, I'm having to pause, regroup, and then figure out which way, you know, step sideways until I can figure out a new path forward. You're um, absolutely I, right. I think we psych ourselves out thinking everything is a step back. Yes. And it's like, it doesn't have to be a step back. Unless you're switching completely what you're doing, then you're like, fuck it, I want to start McDonald's. Like, well, whatever. I'm glad you said that because I keep saying step back, and it really wasn't. It was a step sideways because there was points in time the rent was so expensive out there. I was losing money. I, I was literally, not, I couldn't even make the rent because I just didn't have enough people. And it was fucking, it was, I mean, it was a great facility. Don't, I'm not saying it's not worth it if you can, if you have the people because yeah, there's so does. much there. But yeah, bro, like I, I didn't have the people there and uh, I wasn't utilizing half of the cool shit that they had. So, um, so yeah, in a, in a sense, I'm making more money than I was now because I don't really have any overhead over here at the, at the garage back at the gulag. So it's like, you could say step back and that's what it felt like at the time, but it really wasn't. It was a step sideways and then really forward if we're talking about money wise which at the end of the day you know we do what we love but it's a business and the the point of a business is to make money so i'm glad you i'm glad you pointed that out because yeah definitely not a step back a step sideways little little shimmy (laughs) a little uh, what is it steph curry yeah um so then so then we went back to the garage the gulag and and then where because you started telling me about also the nutrition side of things when did you kind of turn focus also on that so that was at the end of 2020 for the last time i had to make 160 myself and that's when i really implemented it for me 
the next year when I really started doing like the like the programs with my business because we would do like little like six week programs for people specifically that wanted to lose weight because that's what I'm the best at yeah Yeah, you know and it's the most common but that's what like boxing is all about making the weight and losing the weight so that's when I started implementing you know what I had learned and used myself um, to my clients Um, and that's like I said I think that's 75 80% of it you have to have the diet nutrition right and it's one thing for people to learn it and then like give it to people and say hey do this do this do this I, I learned it and then did it myself. So, you know what I mean? You know yeah, it that's works. Some, that's something that you, if you're not really doing it with your body yourself, then you don't know how someone else's body's going to be reacting yeah. to that same plan. And everybody's different too. It, shoot, my body is different from fight to fight. You know what I mean? Whether it's age or, or you know, energy levels. If, am I working a lot on my other job? You know what I mean? I like say anything's from stress. Anything. To- so, you could do the same. And I've literally done this before. You do the same meal plan workout regimen everything this time and say five months down the road do the same one and it's not working how it did exactly so it's very um you gotta you have to be aware of what's working and what's not and and you have to be able to adapt some people can't do that and it's hard to like no like just you gotta do this hard the same way harder sometimes maybe but if it's not working after a couple times you're like okay well what can we do differently there's so many different factors that people don't even bring in like shit it could even be the season outside or yeah you know where you're at with your job and mentor your, your sleep every, yeah your sleep Bro, your relationship anything. stuff going on fuck even Dude, fucking politics probably getting in for real head. stress they <laughs> yeah. say you know the 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 your three body inhibitors takes everything in. yeah it's uh the three inhibitors of like not being able to lose weight and get in shape are sleep and stress and um what's the other one Sleep, stress, and diet, obviously. But yeah, like it, a lot of it ha- doesn't have to do so much with working out. I mean, that's a big key when you want to look a certain way or like learn some things as far as boxing. But, uh, you know, it's it's just crazy. Like you said, all the different factors. It's like mind-blowing. And it never ends. You know what I mean? So it's it's it keeps me on my toes. What What's kind of the next goal or the next pivot? What's um, the plan of action here? <laughs> Just I just kind of want to build upon what I have now. You know what I mean? I really, really like, like I said, we kind of dumbed down. Not I want to say dumbed down, but uh, simplified. Simplified. It not you know it's not the classes and all these other things and programs. It's more so individual work, personal training, and and just kind of like a lifestyle change, really. Um, and that's what I've been doing lately, and that's what uh, I've learned that I really like to do. So I would like to. I do love the classes. They're high energy. You know what I mean? You get 15, 16, 20 people in there and you're just putting it's in fun. work. It's so, it's fun. More you turn fun, up the tunes. Less, uh, passion behind it. More, yeah, for sure. Meaningful. You kind of just go on, you know, you're learning some stuff. Don't get me wrong, but you're, you're just getting your workout in. But I lo- like I said, I love seeing the progression, um, the, the just complete change. It's like art. And yeah, really, it, it is. The complete change in somebody. Not only physically, but mentally, man. And then it's the energy, dude. And I like that. So I want to build upon that. I would love to add the classes back. And maybe, you know, we, we do that in the near future. Um, it's all just really about space and the place I'm at. But I've learned a lot of stuff. Like, 
in the past two years, trying to get the business going, you know, going different spots, what works, what doesn't location, obviously in this racket is, is super, super key. Um, and that's the biggest thing I've learned, you know, keeping people motivated. Uh, like you said earlier, you kind of touched on like motivation gets you going, but like discipline, you know, keeps you there. And then once you turn that discipline into a habit, then you're good, but that's a process. And, and, and if you have never done that yourself, you really need, you know, someone to help you, you know what I mean? That's, I'm a coach in a sense that like, sure, we'll get you in shape or teach you some boxing and I can do that. Got boxes those five and I, I'm, I'm pretty fucking good at it, but I also want to be more than that. I want to be able to teach you how to, you know, fix your habits and, and kind of just, it shouldn't have to be so much of a struggle, you know what I mean? But it's, it's a lot of stuff that I had to learn from other people older than me, my coaches and stuff like that and learn myself. But it, I want to be that person to help show people. This is how you, this is how you do it. This is how you get to where you want to get to and not have to like struggle with it every day. It's, you know, what's crazy is, I mean, I don't know so much about UFC as much, but like all the karate, taekwondo, all of that also instills such a, a mindset where it's funny because the discipline and being a good person is like taught way more in these fighting like, yeah. things as like little ones. And it's, you know, even to the diet and discipline and all this, it's like the most violent type of sport we have probably build some of the best fucking people or best lessons i guess yeah honestly you know because it's so hard man it's so hard and like i think what some of the biggest like lessons you learn there too like there's always someone better there's always someone better i mean i've had my ass whipped plenty of times you know what i mean and you could feel like you're the man you're beating everybody up and you know eventually you run into someone that guy will get your number maybe not all the time but like there's nothing more humbling uh and teaches humility than getting your ass whipped. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 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 even more so Anyone than woke that. up there. This is how it was in the nineties, two thousands. And hey, that's why I think <laughs> the millennials are the best generation we got. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. But you know, it's just it's 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 good for young for young kids too because like it teaches them that like you got to work for what you have you to really work for what you want. You're not entitled to anything because nobody in a boxing gym and a karate gym, jujitsu, any of that stuff like nobody. Nobody's going to give it to you. You got to learn it. You got to put in the work, you know, to achieve what you want to achieve. So, yeah, I mean, I think it does create, that's you know, some of the some like of the a, best people. It's like a lost mentality that we're going in with society. Uh-huh. Yeah, don't get me don't get me started, yeah, man. Down the rabbit hole, <laughs> somebody some of these kids are just so entitled. It's it's insane. Like there's nothing that should make anyone entitled. No. Like it's crazy. 100%. But let, I want to have some fun with this too during this episode. So, uh, let's let's hear some what's the craziest fucking knockout? you've ever had on yourself or uh, someone knocked that knocked you out um okay so well i've never been knocked out so but i've fuck i gotta have someone I'm, else on i'm there. unknockoutable <laughs> but uh, no i'm not gonna wait i want to say that but uh i've had my jaw broke Oof. And okay I, I've, like i said i've had my my ass beat a bunch but like i've had my jaw broke that was probably the worst and craziest they changed my opponent like a week and a half before my seventh fight and it and this uh, the promoter is just kind of shady but uh <laughs> you know it, it we won't get into the the inner dirty workings of boxing but um 
not not to say that they tried to screw me intentionally, but oh, like if a they lot of politics if they can save a buck, because it's all about money. If they can save a buck, they will. So they got this kid who we didn't really know a lot about. He was just like some Golden Gloves like monster from Chicago, and uh, one of those guys too. It's a, this was a this might have been a 160, 158 catch weight, but he was same thing like six two. Saw him at the weigh-ins, didn't look like much, and then uh, saw him the next day. I was like, "Yo, holy shit!" You know what I mean? Big. <laughs> So we go and I'm boxing him, carrying my my left hand low, and he just throws a shotgun right hand, boom, breaks my jaw, cracks Damn. it down the mandible, but it didn't displace. It just cracks it, doom. But I don't know it's cracked. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got your adrenaline running, gone. but like my body won't respond. And he knows he hit me with a good one, and like I'm not okay. You know what I mean? But dude, he probably hit me with like 20 right hands within the first like round or two pummels my ass for like the rest of the first round the rest of the second round it should have probably been stopped in the second well the ref didn't it's only a four round fight because it's my seventh fight whatever but uh so i start finally getting numb i you know something's wrong i don't know what's wrong but like my body's not responding my mother's think about what's yeah, wrong. <laughs> yeah i just like yo like even my corners like asking like yo what's happening Are you okay and i'm like i think like i had just a knot in my jaw and this kid is hitting it like 20 oh. times. So anyway, in the third round, I wake up a little bit. I start fighting back. But by the fourth round, I mean, I got a basketball head. You know what <laughs> I mean? So I come out in the fourth round. Start, you know, I'm going I'm to lose the fight, clearly. But, like, you know, you want to finish. And then the ref stopped it, like, a little bit into the fourth, the last round. And I'm like, I was so mad. I was so heated. I was like, dude, you just let me get pummeled for rounds and rounds. When I went in a lot, I like, I, we had some words. I almost got like suspended because I like cursed him out. I went crazy. Like, you fucking kidding me? Yeah. You look, well, I you went in there. all that damage and then you, <laughs> you stopped sick, it randomly. You sick bastard. Like, right. what are you doing? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I went in the locker room though. I ended up apologizing to the ref because I just saw how like swollen my shit was. And I was like, hey, like, sorry. Like, I understand. It just got too big, I think. And he was just like, yo, I got to like, Stop this, stop this! Stop this fight! But yeah, that was uh, that was probably the worst one that happened to me. Um, but as far as stuff that I've given out, I mean, my body shot, my left hook to the body, like that's that's my like go-to punch. Yeah, yeah, that's my mo. That's I think I think actually all of my all of my knockouts, my drops and stuff are like with that. With a body punch or like shot. It's a, left, it's a left hook to the liver. Because if you hit it, it's under the rib cage. And if you hit it how you're supposed to hit it, it's it just paralyzes your whole body. They can knock someone out? I mean, not like cold or like that, like but I'm saying like, that, the like where they're down the and, they're, the and they're, just, they're just, yeah, that. To where they're just like, oh, they're paralyzed. Or they're just, they can't get up. They just, it takes their legs away and they can't get up. Yeah. Damn. All right. So if I get in a street fight, I got to to the body. Shot for livers. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then shot. I do want to go back to the the old school stories from <laughs> us growing up <laughs> and the fucked up things our parents and everyone did with sports. Because it's funny now. Well, it's not funny. Whatever. Someone's going to get sensitive to that. But you see, even now in the NFL in college, I don't know if you watch like the football practices. These linemen and stuff have these With the massive big helmets, pads yeah. over their. There's a a protection <laughs> over the helmet to protect them, which hey, I get it. It's all for good reasons, but I mean, we weren't that long ago, what twenty years ago when we were in sports. I mean, I was telling Robbie about. about <laughs> I was in Pop Warner football at eight years old, and I was given X lax from my own father <laughs> the night before games to make sure I uh, made way in. 
Uh, and then you'd have to run in like tr- you put on layers of trash bags to run around, sweat. Uh, I remember at eight years old sleeping in trash bags just to sweat throughout the night. Which fuck, I don't even know. If, could I have died from like dehydration <laughs> at some point? I don't know, but probably. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, just some nuts things that we were doing at young ages just to make it. Bro, <laughs> it was insane, and like like we were talking about earlier too. Like we didn't have. I mean, the internet was around, but it wasn't just like, you didn't have all the information. And then, you know, these old heads didn't know how to use it. I barely know how to use the internet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they didn't know how. So you don't blame them, but like, same thing, like your parents. I remember my pop, like, you know, it'd be like fight week and he'd be weighing my food, which makes no fucking sense. Like, <laughs> that, learning all the stuff that I, that's how I grew up. Uh, that's how I grew up with, like, that type of mentality. Like, oh, well, just eat less and you're burning and you're going to lose weight. Yeah, in a, in a very old school, yeah, like, primitive sense. Were not a thing. Yeah, no, you got you know, you have your macro and just, like, nutrients in general and, like, the calorie, you know. He would literally just weigh the food. He's <laughs> like, well, as long as I'm like, and then we'd have, like, three eight-ounce glasses of water a day and then maybe a little bit with training. But, like, you're going out and training in the heat. Our gym was, like, basically like a big pavilion, like, outside, so – you can imagine how just much of sweating. Oh, they were measuring so, water, bro. Yeah, like it. Like thinking back, I'm like, dude, we're lucky we didn't die. There was a, Jesus. there was a, there was a, uh, a point in time when I was probably like 14 or 15. I remember I was in high school. I was a freshman or a sophomore, but they used to make like fun of me because, dude, I felt like I was just like, like 50 percent like cognitive function that that entire time for real. And they're like, oh, you getting punch drunk? Like what? No, I would live dehydrated and malnourished oh for like a year God. and a half. Like that's what that was. Like looking back now that I know, uh, same thing with water. Like okay, that we're restricting our water a week out. Like you're gonna not only inhibit your performance, but you're gonna like fuck yourself up. Like yeah. you really are. You get, what I you know get now, real damage from that. you drink more water, and it kind of like helps flushes. you sweat more and flushes you out, and still able. You know, it's like uh, if you were lost in the desert or whatever. Like. As long as you had what you could go eat without eating for like thirty days, whatever thirty plus yeah. days, but you can only go out without drinking for what like two and a half, three days. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, In that true. sense, like, dude, <laughs> I talk to my my brothers and, and my buddy Alan who grew up with us boxing all the time about it. I'm like, dude, we did so, we did shit so fucked up. Like, yeah. and we were good too. But I was like, man, could you imagine if we would have had like the actual know how? Like knowing what I had know now. Like and implementing it back then, I'm like, man, we could, we would have been even better. Like, yeah. we're, we're literally like, we're, we're inhibiting our, we're, we're being self sabotaged <laughs> for real. Like, you know, I don't blame anybody because it's just like, if you don't know, you don't know. But you know, it could have been, would have been beneficial to maybe like try to learn. Like, <laughs> and yeah, those those the weeks leading or the days leading up to me being essentially force fed X class <laughs> at eight years old, I was still being fed. Like rice and beans and meat and fried plantains for meals. Like God. it was just, hey, this is what we eat because that's just food. That's yeah. all we know. And then try to fucking shit it all out <laughs> at the end of the week instead of like giving me proper food during the week. And maybe I don't have to dominate the bathroom. Yeah, just to make bro, weight. that's crazy. It's it's a crazy. It was a crazy crazy times. <laughs> uh, yeah, and wrestling. I remember cutting down weight. You'd have to eat ice throughout the day. Everyone knew in high school who was the wrestling team because they were the ones just always having ice and everyone else is eating lunch and we're just (laughs) chipping away on ice cubes. And it, oh my God, it's so fucked up. Ice diet and then then a day away, the day away and just spitting in the cup. Like there's just like nothing left. It's just dry 
What's a, what's the craziest weight loss story from that? Oh, I got a good one for that one. So, again, remember I told you I tried all this stuff before I, like, obviously implemented it to my clients and, and even other boxers that asked me. Um, so, the very – before I had my nutrition completely down, I – understood the vagueness of like the water cut and like drinking more water and then eating less carbs and less salt because that's holds on to water. So as long as you don't have, um, anything in your body or the least amount of stuff in your body that holds onto the water, you, it'll flush right out. Your body kind of goes into a flush mode anyway. So I took this fight in like Alabama, um, and I did the, the water cut and something happened. I mean, I don't know if it was, I was only like four pounds over like my last day of training. And then we flew out the next day and my buddy Trent actually was with me. We get up there and I don't know if it was a flight or whatever. I know sometimes that like, you know, blows you or whatever, but it wasn't that long of a flight. I don't know, but I was nine pounds over. I get, I get to, I get to the, the hotel way fucking nine pounds. I'm like, Oh my God. And this is the first time I've done the water cut thing. So like, what it really what it was though, I think I was just drinking the water and it just hadn't flushed out yet. Um, so you're anyway, putting on water weight. Yeah, but it'll go right out. Like what you're supposed to do is wake up in the morning. You know, you put on your abalene or whatever sweet sweat. Go in a sauna and it really shouldn't take. You know, you do like four or five sessions, fifteen minutes sessions in the sauna without any activity and it'll pour right out. I've done that a million times since, but I'm just I look back and see like, yeah, what did I do wrong on this one? Anyway, I get there. I'm nine pounds over. I panic because it's I'm on the undercard of Wilder and Ari- Chris Arioli. So it's kind of oh, a big shit. card. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, I'm going to get up there and be like overweight. And it was like the first fight that I took for like some like, pretty big money. And I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, let's just let's go in the gym, dude. Let's lose it. Well, it came off in like two hours. I put on my sweatsuit. I did some bike. We did some mitts. Like I really didn't even have to go that hard. Probably less than two hours. Sat in a sauna and it was gone. I was like, oh, cool. I'm like a, like a, a half a pound under. But I did it the night before, and you should never do this the night before because imagine you just lost nine pounds of water. And then you have to hold it. Off. And then you got to hold it, dude. I was, oh. I was tripping. Yeah, you like you probably couldn't sleep. I I kept waking up like I was having like hallucin like like uh, hallucinations and stuff, dude. Like I mean, parts were dreams, but like I'd wake up like didn't know where I was at. Like I kept I kept dreaming I was like in the desert, dude. Like and I would I get up, why. I'd get up and uh and and get ice. And just to like, so I could like try to go back to sleep. Got zero fucking sleep. Wake up the, the, uh, I'm good on weight. Uh, luckily still, um, the weigh-ins are like four or five o'clock. I got to wait. So you're, you're talking about almost 24 hours. I'm that dehydrated, dangerously dehydrated. Fuck. I go in there. I, w- brain damage. I wait for real, bro. I go in there. That's probably why I'm a little off now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, what I, it's, it's, it's all coming together. Um, but I go in there, I weigh, I get off, and then my I didn't have my my regular coach up there. Uh, it was just me and my boy Trent. But I, for some dumbass reason, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to put. Again, this is before I had this shit down. I was like 25, maybe. Um, I don't want to put too much water on because I don't want to be like bogged down. And you have this kind of like mental like weirdness going on because you've just been dehydrated yeah. for 24 hours. So like I just kind of went off the reservation on that. So I'm like drinking water and I had like one big like decent meal. I don't even remember what I ate. And then I had like a Subway sandwich like before my fight. I don't know what the fuck I was by, eating. By the way, everyone, if no one's ever pushed themselves to that kind of dehydration, imagine getting so high and maybe even taking a little mushrooms and then that is what 
pure dehydration is like. That's just, it. Yeah, just loopy, man. And then like, for whatever reason, like I said, I just I didn't really rehydrate that much, and like barely even put like the the nutrition that I was supposed to back in. Anyway, I got my ass beat that fight. <laughs> I had one round in me, and I would come out doing good, boom, 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 and uh, just dump nothing left. I mean, you don't have you don't have, have nothing. nothing left. I was like, oh my god. So that was probably again, walking into the ring. You felt exhausted. You're probably like, fuck. Yeah, uh, dude, it was that was that was the worst. Um, that was the worst time I ever had cutting weight. The second to worst time was when I won the belt, and that was just it was just at the end of my days of making 160. And I remember, dude, I wanted to cry like in the sauna. It took that one took me like two hours to make, and you, you know your your head started getting hot, and you're like fucking dying. And then I, when you get out, you still have probably two or three hours to hold that, and you're like shaking. You feel like you want to throw up, but you don't got nothing to throw up. So slow. I got to the weigh-ins on this one. And I started talking with like some of the people I knew, and my boy came up. He was my sparring partner. He's like, "Bro, stop talking." He's like, "You're slurring. You sound drunk. Keep your glasses on." Cause you don't want your opponent to see yeah, you like yeah, that. Yeah. You're fighting for a title too, so like, you don't want to get my I just sat the fuck down and shut up, and I I weighed in, and then you have to like flex and take these pictures. You feel like you're about to pass out, and you gotta like act like you're ready to go. I'm like, dude, I just want to go to sleep. I'm gonna pass out. I went left there, um, and did two IV bags in like 15 minutes, but you feel yourself just come back to life. Like it really so saved my ass. Yeah. Coming back. yeah. Oh, oh my God. Then you go eat a whole bunch of pasta and you're ready to go. And then you look back <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck did I just do? It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy game, dude. I want to share one story too. Cause I had one in high school and I, I already told you, but, uh, I, I was in wrestling as well in high school and it was my freshman year and it was a varsity tournament. So, you know, back then, in, uh, in high school, especially wrestling, like, that's purely on experience. So, like, freshmen were just never a thing in varsity. But I remember going to the tournament. I was all like, fuck yeah, it's my first travel tournament. First year ever wrestling. And we get to the school to get on the bus to take this trip. And it was like, I want to say it was like 6 a.m., so early as hell for us back then. And I, we all weighed out, weighed in um, on the scale before getting on the bus, just, you know, by our own coaches to make sure uh, we were all good because we all have to be in certain weight classes. And I just remember being so tired. I think I got on the scale, misread it, just looked at it wrong, and was like, damn, I'm way under. Hell, yeah, this is good. And then halfway on this bus ride, I think it was about a three-hour three bus ride, like an hour goes in, and then I was like, wait, I'm awake now, and I'm realizing, holy shit, I'm like eight or nine pounds over. You saw what you wanted it to be. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 yeah I don't even know what I looked at. I just remember it. Actually, it's fucked up. Real fucked up part is I thought I was way under. Yeah, I think I misread it by like fifteen pounds. And then I had to tell everyone, every wrestler on the bus, give me all of your sweats, give me everything you guys have. I, and granted, there's you know we have every weight class, so I had some <laughs> offensive linemen for you know my high school football team giving me their X, quadruple XL sweater. So I was layered out. Uh, probably looked like the. Was it the tire guy? Yeah, the Michelin man. Yeah, that guy. (laughs) And I'm just running up and down the middle of a school bus and spitting as much water of my insides that I can to a point where, like, imagine you guys, your tongue is pure white because there's no more fluids inside of you. Uh, And then as soon as we get there, we actually stop the school bus at a Walgreens and I have to get a razor. And just start dry shaving all of my arm and leg hairs, <laughs> just to lose weight. Pulling out all the stuff. <laughs> like this is this is so bad that I look back now and I'm like, damn, 
I was a freshman in high school. That means I was 14 years old doing this. And then to a point where I'm just blacking out at this weigh in and I weigh in and they're like, you're point two over. And I was like, well, these underwears are coming off. <laughs> I think I got point two in the, these underwear, take them off, made weight. And I pretty much fainted right after I literally sat down as soon as weigh, weigh in, sat in the corner and then like all the parents were like, come, I think they all, I don't know how they found out, but they all knew and all the parents were like trying to feed me everything they could. I'm just eating down anything I can, <laughs> vomiting it back up, but trying to put stuff on. Oh shit! I went, I went two and two. So right. I guess I, as a freshman, I was like, damn, I'm glad I won anything after that. Dude, like, that's holy not bad. Shit. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Especially have a, a, a an experience like that, and then being young, two man, it's like the first time you got to do something like that as well. Like, that's that's a lot. You know, what I always what I always picture like that feeling like when you're dried out. You remember when uh, in SpongeBob back in the day where he went to, like Sandy's bubble and he's like, Yo. "What is?" <laughs> Bro, like that's, that's I, I felt that feeling too many that, times. I'm that, sure you have too. That's so it. Yeah, there's, there's so many stories. It's like crusty. <laughs> what is uh? It's like Dumbledore or whatever in the last Harry Potter movie. That little baby version, ET, just like dying at the end in the light. Any Harry Potter nerds? Dobby. Is that your no, dog? Oh, no, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not a big. I don't know. Oh, I haven't oh, seen all the Harry Potter. I think it was like a baby Dumbledore, maybe <laughs> something, just at the end in this light. Harry thinks he's in heaven. I don't know. It's fucking weird. But when I saw it, that part of the video, all I thought about was high school and all yeah. those sports. But well, hey, thanks, man, for coming on. This this was awesome. So, yeah, man, thanks for uh, give me. a shout out to everyone in you know your social media, how they can contact you if they want to get on the Gulag. So you can hit me up. Um, King Robert 13. That's my personal Instagram. That's the one I'm on the most. Uh, the Bixen, the boxing, the business the LLC is RB boxing one. Both are super simple. Uh, if you're interested in training, learning some hands or just want to get in shape, like I said, and kind of make that healthy lifestyle change. Uh, I'm a guy. So hit me up. Yeah. And repping the Duvin shirt. So oh, cool yeah. guy. Cool dude. Oh, this one right here. Yeah. yeah right there. <laughs> Duvin smiles. Have a day. All right, man. Take care. Thanks boss. Boom, boom.